a new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I've got another returner. It's HSA Deputy Chief Officer Simon Walsh. Hi, Simon. Good afternoon, Bruce. I think it's my third time. I think it is. I think last time we spoke was in a beginning of the year thing in January, where I think we were extremely positive about going into the new year. I suppose there's been a couple of bumps in terms of COVID hanging around a bit and what have you. But I guess we we chat at a time where things are pretty positive again because of the vaccinations. I know we've got the Delta variant, but I think everyone's hopeful that the um, supercharging the rest of the vaccinations will, will keep that on the hold and that mythical Freedom Day will come forth in July. Uh, first of all, though, Simon, I wanted to look back a bit on the virtual conference that we had on Thursday and how you felt how you felt that went. I mean, from my point of view, it seemed to go very well again, you know, both technically and otherwise. Uh, what was your take on it? Thanks, Bruce. I have to say, I think we've had some fantastic feedback even so early after the conference on Thursday. Um, I've always been a little tentative in terms of virtual conferences. I think I'm steeped in the face-to-face, sitting in the auditorium, meeting and greeting people. But I have to say, uh, through the efforts of people like Calf and yourself and um, Tiny and all the team, I think we had a conference as near as possible to a really great face-to-face event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some cracking presentations. We had some really good question and answer sessions. The technology seemed to work. It, it was slick. It was well-organized. And if we can't have face-to-face, then HCSA ambition is always to have a good virtual event. And I think we had a cracking virtual event with a range of speakers, which again, national, regional, local, plus our suppliers, reflecting the sheer breadth of the HCSA. So I'm very, very pleased. Very pleased. Was there any particular presentations that stood out to you? Uh, always difficult to pick ones, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You never like to offend the vast range true, of speakers true. that spoke on, on there. But I have to say, I thought Emily Lawson and Priya Bailey was excellent. I thought we were very grateful for Martin Shaw over at Guys and St. Thomas's to give us his time. And I think the question and answer sessions, Richard Whiteside chaired the morning one, absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Great range of questions and great speakers and all the breakout sessions, all the different uh, component parts of the day all seem to gel together. So I have to say a very good day. And you're being quite humble because you did actually chair the second Q&A in the afternoon, didn't you? Which you sort of... <laughs> I did mine at short notice. I did yeah. mine in the shadow of Richard Whiteside, who I thought was mm. excellent. Yeah, he was. But good. I was very lucky to have such a good panel. I was lucky to have a range of questions which were coming in as we were on the session. And I think we had about 70, 75 attendees. So... It did work, but uh, quite an intense 30 minutes, I have to say. And, of course, just in advance of our speech to uh, the conference and the association. You mentioned, Alan, there, so you've opened a door and I'm going to walk, walk through it. 
Obviously, Alan announced that we knew that that, that Alan takes decision to retire from healthcare procurement, but also the announcement came on on, on the day that uh, he he wouldn't be able to continue as chief officer of the HTSA because um, uh, because that's in the big HTSA rulebook bible um, that if you're not if he's retiring, then obviously it has to go over to someone else. So I think the first thing to do is just to perhaps get your take on what kind of legacy Alan leaves behind in general and in terms of HTSA. I think they all would be NHS procurement profession and the Healthcare Supply Association have been very lucky to have Alan's time, input, enthusiasm and uh, energy for the role of uh, Chief Officer. Uh, Alan steered us through the most difficult of times, the most challenging of times for the profession, for the association and for the NHS. And he was a strong voice, uh, a loud voice for the profession. Uh, I think at times he perhaps didn't always appreciate the publicity that brought and Mm. Watching the Andrew Marr show and seeing his various tweets there uh, <laughs> must have had uh, a big impact, to be honest. But yeah, he spoke yeah. bravely, he spoke honestly, and he spoke forthrightly for the profession. At a time when we had to speak up and we had to represent the NHS procurement professionals who were doing their best nationally, regionally, and locally to support the national effort. So I think Alan's legacy for us for me, I think the primary legacy is around how he represented us during that period, which, again, we'll never forget and we'll always remember. And uh, he was there when we needed a strong voice. Before I move on, just how are you, just from a personal point of view, over there at Manchester Summit, what's your take on how things are currently with COVID, with the vaccinations, the Delta variant? How are you feeling about things at the moment? I think we're in a, a strong position, a stronger position than we were. Um, I don't think you can ever be too relaxing on the issue. I think any sense that we've, you know, we've come out of everything and there's nothing around the corner, I don't think any of us would ever think that. We're certainly not complacent. Uh, you know, as a trust, we're very mindful of our role as a provider of healthcare across Greater Manchester, you know, the single biggest provider of critical care beds. We've had a massive role on the vaccination programme and we've got a massive role now in recovering the waiting list and the backlog. So I think from my perspective within Manchester, it's absolute confidence that we can face whatever comes and hopefully what comes isn't anything like what's been in the past but not complacent. Again, my mantra is always confident, but not complacent. And I think that reflects the view of Manchester and Greater Manchester. We're ready, we're prepared for anything that comes, but we're desperate to get back to some sense of normality, get those waiting lists down, get that elective activity through our hospitals. Now, because of uh, Alan stepping down, you are currently the, how, how do you like it worded, interim? Acting, I think I've used the uh, phrase chief acting chief officer. Uh, acting I was the deputy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very happy to step up for a, a short period. Mm-hmm. So acting, I think, is the yeah. phrase. Can you tell us a little bit about what the process is now then in terms of looking for new chief officer and a new deputy chief officer with, your set, with yourself shortly stepping aside for that position? 
Thanks, Bruce. I think the first thing to say is we're very keen to appoint a new chief officer and a new deputy chief officer. I very much see my role as an interregnum. It's an intervening period between that happening. Yeah. Uh, the process uh, written down as we have through the, uh, the trustees is to invite expressions of interest from the National Council. Now, we've recently re-termed the National Stakeholder Group, the National Council, yeah. to better reflect their work, their deliberations, their key role. Inviting expressions of interest from the Council. Uh, myself, supporting Mark Roscoe as Chairman of Trustees, Duncan Eaton as Deputy Chairman of Trustees, in the selection process. Accepting there that we've got, and we've great respect to Mark and great respect to Duncan, and I don't think they'll thank me for this, but we've got about nearly 100 years worth of experience and knowledge just with those two gentlemen. Uh, at national level, at UK-wide level, uh, we've got a fantastic level of experience there which can guide the association in selecting our new chief officer and deputy. In the unlikely event that we can't appoint Arvipos, or in the unlikely event that we can't appoint either the deputy or the CEO post, then we will open it up to the wider membership. But I'm pretty confident, given the, the depth of experience on the, on the National Council, given the range of experience and the sheer vitality and energy which they exhibit and the eagerness to contribute to the work of the HCSA, uh, I'm pretty confident we'll have a Chief Officer and a Deputy Chief Officer very, very shortly. I was going to ask about timelines. Do you, is there a... Is there a timeline to this? Yeah, we started the process now for what I call informal discussion. So that's members of the council to think about whether they want to express an interest and rather express an interest and then have reservations. What we've said to everybody is have a chat with Mark, have a chat with Duncan, have a chat with myself, speak to your employer, speak to your colleagues in your department to make sure that everybody supports your expression of interest because the last thing we want is for people not to be able to give the time or not to have the organizational support for the role we hope that all the national council understand the requirements of the role which is to represent the profession in a fair and uh, professional way to be the voice of the profession to be the figurehead of the profession and to take forward the healthcare supply association we welcome any member of the National Council who feels they can meet those criteria, absolutely expressing interest going forward and uh, going through that process. Now, I don't expect you to, to say names, of course, but in your head at the moment, are there, are there, are there any names you think, hmm, so-and-so would be good, I hope they come forward. Or, and I, I don't, obviously, I won't push to say any names, but are there people you... In your head, that you think, absolutely, that you your eye on, that you've absolutely. Your eye on. <laughs> I think, I think we're very lucky on the council. We have such a, a breadth of knowledge and a depth of experience. We have different ages, different sexes. We have different approaches. We have different experiences, and there's so many people on the national council who could do those roles equally. I respect the fact that there are some people who, for good reason, will not want to put their name forward. And, you know, 
some people want to contribute without necessarily being the figurehead of the organisation. And we're a very broad church in the HCSA. You've probably realised that from your time with us. Yeah. We reflect a range of interests, and I think that's our strength, really. So, fingers crossed. I am very confident. Very confident. So you don't want to put you don't want to put a, 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 I wouldn't a, want to undermine the process and I wouldn't want to dilute anybody's interest. I also wouldn't want to uh, darken anybody's chances by me somehow expressing uh, any kind of favoritism in any way because this is very much about driving the association forward in the future. Yeah. And uh, I'm 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 hoping to still contribute. I'm hoping I'll be around to contribute, but this is very much about that next stage. And it's not about Simon Walsh or Alan Hoskins or whoever. It's about, you know, the new people in the future. I was going to say, you, how significant do you think the time of this will be um, of the new people coming in in terms of the history of the HTSA? I think it's, again, a much, a much used phrase, but we are at a pivotal moment. We're 61 years old. We went through the most challenging 15 months we've just gone through. We've never been stronger financially and we're so fortunate to be in that position and to have people like Ian Turner as trustees and our accountants and all the governance process because quite a few similar organisations to us have really suffered financially as a result of not being able to do events and not being able to raise income in the same way. We have a strong balance sheet we have a, a really strong range of people supporting the association. So this is the time, really. This is the time for, hopefully, two individuals to come forward and say, I want to lead the association. I want to take forward the association into that next stage and probably onwards for the next two, three, four years. It's absolutely pivotal moment. Exciting, isn't it? It's almost a bit of a shame we're not getting some sort of reality TV show, you know, like like pop up pop up procurement idol. You know, wouldn't it be great to see? <laughs> I look five. back on my time <laughs> in the association. I think it was 2013 when I was the chairman of the association, 2015. And the way that enriches your career, both professionally and personally, the people you get to meet. Um, the role you get to do and the sheer influence you can have, I think is a great, great thing to add to your CV. And if you believe in the, in the strength of NHS procurement and you believe in the efficacy and the good that we do, as I strongly do, then there is no more important role than to lead the uh, Healthcare Supply Association. It's a great honour as well. That's great. I was, I was going to be a bit mis mischievous and, and ask you if it was like Pop Idol, who would be the Simon Cow character in me in this election team? <laughs> uh, I'll leave that. Uh, speaking about looking forward, uh, I was going to ask you a bit about the November conference mm. that will be coming up. Um, just worth saying quickly that with the virtual conference, obviously um, you can still download the presentations for the 30 days after the event. So if you want to rewatch, you missed any, then make sure that you're, you're on there. And, and the quality is absolutely brilliant, Bruce, because I unfortunately quality, yeah. missed a couple of them. And mm -hmm. I watched them over the weekend. And the quality of the, of the sound, of the visuals, of the presentations, of the speakers, 
absolutely fantastic. The best I've seen from a virtual conference. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I mean, everything really went without without a hitch. And I, I, I knew something of what was going on behind, behind the scenes. And yeah, it was kind of, uh, there, were, there wasn't any notable hitches that, that came up. I think well done. The, the only sort of couple of people that might have had issues initially would have been within their own system at home yeah. and getting and sorting out, you know, bits and bobs. But, and that was even, that was only just like literally a couple of people. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really great. So I look into November. Obviously, the the um, the anticipation is for it to be face to face again, with maybe yeah. a sort of hybrid element yeah. to it. What can you tell us about the November conference at the moment? We're so fortunate because CAF Ibbotson has already got our ponds in place, working closely with our conference partners, BIP. We're already securing speakers. We've got the venue secured, uh, 24th and 25th of November at Harrogate. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always that little bit of, I suppose, tentativeness in the sense that, you know, we're watching what happens. We're watching developments. We're watching the test events. We're watching what happens nationally. But I think we've decided as HCSA to just focus on being able to deliver a live face-to-face -face event. Uh, and that's what we're planning for and that's what we're hoping for so we've got speakers lined up we've got venues set up we're talking about visuals we're looking at the way we market the event we've already had i think the highest level of sponsorship and exhibitor income at this stage in the planning cycle for a conference that we've ever had and that shows was a massive appetite there for a face-to-face -face event and there's already been dozens of registers of interest to receive information on the event. So it's really starting to build. And I think everybody wants to have an event that's a celebration of NHS procurement. That's a recognition of the value of what happens within NHS procurement and how we support the NHS. Not just to recognise what's been done, but very much to have that platform for looking forward into 2022 and 2023 as to how we can drive the association and, and it just procurement forward. It'll be a unique event, I think. It'll be a mixture of recognising that contribution, but very much looking forward to the future. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people will, it's easy to forget in our own personal lives, but also professionally, the amount of people that are used to seeing each other regularly at events who haven't seen anybody because of COVID for an extended amount of time. It will certainly be really exciting if it all goes ahead, if it all goes ahead which I'm sure it will face to face. You know, I think, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident that, 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 that there won't be anything COVID related that will come in the way of that. Um, so how would you like to see conferences go forward? Are you someone that would quite like to keep a certain online element to them? having worked, you know, the last couple of conferences with, with the technology? I think it's nice to have the option. And mm. I think recognising that some people, for whatever reason, won't be able to attend events in person for family reasons, professional reasons, personal reasons, to have that option for people to be able to at least dial into some of the sessions or to see some of the sessions live, I think uh, is nice. And I think it's an added option. And perhaps we haven't done enough of that in the past. Mm -hmm. um, 
I am a believer in that face-to-face engagement. I think the family of NHS procurement is best when it's together. And when it's speaking together, debating together, questioning, when it's starting to challenge each other, when it's meeting with suppliers, and of course, when it's having a local social event as well, and that great mm-hmm. dinner that's become a highlight for uh, a lot of people, where we bring together the family of NHS procurement, past, present, and future, really. I would like to see, and again, I say this as uh, a 55 year old uh, man. I would like to see a more diverse conference, a younger conference, uh, a better mix of men and women. I'd like to see different roles represented better within NHS procurement. I think the conference sometimes can become seen as just for more senior people. When you look at Wales, for example, they always bring a strong contingent of, of staff from right across the age range and right across the grade range. So I would like to see us doing more to encourage that. And of course, we have a great ethnic mix of staff within NHS procurement. I want to make sure that everybody's represented and everybody gets a chance to be there at the conference without the HCSA becoming an organisation that that dilutes its objective to be accessible and equal to all. We need to absolutely maintain that. I think that's the perfect note to end the podcast on. How, how was your third appearance? Simon? I have to say... You've got a record. I think you've you definitely got a record now, I think. I have to say, probably the first time I've done it without a tie, so that's a big thing to do. <laughs> and I think, secondly, the fact that we can focus on the HCSA, because yeah. in the past, quite rightly, we focused on other things. Yeah. But I think this time, you know, it's just nice to get back to the knitting and say, this is the HCSA, this is where we are now, this is what we're doing now, and what a bright future we have. Come and join us if you're not a member now. I think we've got nearly 2,700 members. We're trying to hit that 3,061 members this year. So come and join us. It's free and it will enhance your career and your, and your personal life. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I think that's the second perfect position to end the podcast on. So I'm going to quit while we're ahead. Uh, thanks for joining me again, taking the time to- Join me again on Supplycast, Simon. Uh, And that concludes this episode, so I hope you'll join me next time for Supplycast. (laughs) 